0: Well, hello everybody. I sort of feel like I don't need to say anything now. It's all been covered. Um, who's ready for Christmas? Who's excited for Christmas? I want to see hands up. I want to, what, what, what are we excited for? What are you excited for? A PS4. Well, they, someone knows what he's getting. Gifts, we love them, don't we? What else are we excited for? Yes, what are you excited for? Presents! Great, isn't it? What are we excited for? Come on, get some more hands up here. Jimmy, what are you excited for? Your talk. My talk? Thank you, Jimmy. That's very kind of you. Yes, what are you excited for? Time off work. Time off work. Time to spend with our families. Bumping into everything already. (laughs) It's really exciting. There's so many things to be looking forward to, and... um, And Christmas really builds that enthusiasm, that excitement, doesn't it? That anticipation. You can see the kids just getting more and more jittery as Christmas Eve approaches. And we're we're, we're looking forward to it. We're counting down the days on our Advent calendars. The presents are piling up underneath the trees. We're looking forward to this. We're eager and waiting and expecting. And we have to wait for it, unfortunately. There's only three more days, kids. Only three more days, and probably some adults as well, quite excited about that. But we're waiting for it. And you know, it it strikes me that Christmas, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that Christmas is good for us is because it's one of the few things that remains that forces us to wait for it. Because increasingly, nowadays, if you want something, you can just get it when you want it. If you want a parcel, you can get it next day delivery with Amazon Prime. If you want to watch a film, you've got Netflix, you've got Disney+, Plus, you've got Amazon Prime again. If you want food, you can order it on Uber Eats or Delivery. I'm not sponsored by any of these corporations, <laughs> but it's Christmas and there's capitalism everywhere. So. <laughs> and the things that we need to wait for are dwindling. Maybe if you're a botanist, then you have to wait for your tomatoes to ripen. Uh... Topically, at this time of year, if you've got a baby growing, you can't rush that. You have to wait the full length of time for that to come. We can't force the seasons to turn any quicker, much as some of us must like. And then there's Christmas. And you have to wait for Christmas. And you're counting it down and you're anticipating it. There's a story that we see in the Bible, in the Gospel of Luke, about a man who was waiting for the coming of Christmas. And he had to wait even longer than we do. So if you'll turn to me, please, to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 32. For context, um, Jesus has been born, and eight days later his parents take him to the temple in Jerusalem, which is not very far away from Bethlehem, um, to present him to the Lord, because that's the law. And so we read, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the Lord required, Simeon took him in his arms So this is Simeon. He's a righteous man, a holy man, a man who hears from God. And he's been promised that he will not die until he sees the Lord's Messiah. The Messiah is a Hebrew word. It means anointed one. It means savior. And the, the Hebrews, the Jews, were looking forward to the coming of this savior who would rescue them and set them free. And Simeon's been told, you're going to see him. But he's not been told when. And you can almost imagine that every day he would wake up, And look up to the heavens and say, Lord, is it going to be today? And he'd walk through his day looking around at the crowds around him and think, is it this person? Is it over there? Give me a sign, Lord. And every night he goes to bed and he says, Lord, it wasn't today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. (laughs) And he's waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know, Simeon, there's more waiting in the background of this that we don't quite appreciate just from this passage. Because Simeon is carrying a legacy of waiting, because the Jews, the Israelites, God's chosen people, have been waiting for thousands of years to see the promises that God has made to them fulfilled. And to properly appreciate this, you have to probably spend a few years studying in a Bible school or something. We don't have time for that this morning, so we're going to do a whistle-stop tour through the history of the people of Israel. Are you ready? Yeah. So we start off with Abraham, later Abraham. Abraham. And God speaks to him when he's about 75 and says, I'm going to make you the father of nations, despite the fact you don't have any children. And through you, Abram, all nations on earth will be blessed. Which is an incredible promise. Abram says, sounds great, I'm in, let's do this. He then has to wait 25 years to see that promise begin to be realized in the birth of his son, Isaac. Isaac then has two children, Jacob and Esau. Jacob goes on to have 12 kids, and you can start to see the family's expanding. This could end up becoming a bit of a great nation. The promise looks like it's getting somewhere, but it's, it's nowhere near fulfillment. This still isn't blessing all nations on earth. So then they go to Egypt. There's a famine. They, Joseph gets in, put in power. They stay in Egypt for hundreds of years, and during which time they end up slaves. And they're waiting there. They're saying, what's going on here? I thought we we're meant to be a mighty nation that blesses the whole world and crying out to Lord. What's happened? We're waiting for something here. So God intervenes. He sends Moses. There's plagues. There's deliverance. They go out. They, they go to Mount Sinai, and God gives them a covenant, a promise again. He said, I've not forgotten my promises. I will be your God, and you will be my people And then they wait as they wander through the wilderness. They get to the promised land. They go in. They take it over under Joshua's command. They've got this land flowing with milk and honey, and they set it up, and there's leaders, and there's God speaking through prophets and through judges, and there's kings that come, and it looks like it's starting to all come together now. And at this time, we see a king called David, who God had anointed, God had poured his spirit on him. And God comes to David through Nathan the prophet, And says to him david you've heard the promises that i've made well i've got one for you as well one of your descendants when you die one of your descendants will come and be established on this throne your kingdom will endure forever before me your throne will be established forever And then, only a couple of generations later, a civil war breaks out and the nation is divided. You've got Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And you go through this period of a few hundred years or so where there's kings rising and falling, there's godlessness, there's lawlessness, there's division, there's invasions. The whole time God is kind of speaking to them through prophets saying, I haven't forgotten, I haven't forgotten my promises, hold on, keep waiting. But it doesn't look as though it's ever actually going to happen. And as the enemies around them are rising and growing and as the light inside the nation seems to be dwindling, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah, who we've already heard from today. He says, I will send you a savior who will shatter the yoke that burdens you, the bar across your shoulders, the rod of your oppressor. Because to us, a son is born. To us... And it's an incredible promise that God makes to his people of peace and prosperity, of God with man, and they must be thinking, yeah, this is, this is what we want, this is what we've been waiting for, this is what we've been expecting. And then Babylon invades, and they go into exile for 70 years, and they have to wait. And we read in the story of Daniel, how he was looking ahead, waiting, waiting to see these promises that God had made fulfilled, and it just isn't coming, And eventually they go back from exile and they settle back in the Jerusalem, back in their promised land. But they're still under Persian rule. And along comes Alexander the Great and the Greeks take over and now they're there under Grecian rule. Their situation hasn't improved any. And then the Romans come along and take over and now they're under Roman rule. And they're waiting. I think it must be, if you can summarize all of one nation's great history in a simple analogy, I think of it a little bit like a really long car journey. And to start off with, things are already going bad, because you have to get up at, like, 3 in the morning or something ridiculous like that, and you're rushing around, and the wee one can't find his shoes. You're like, where are your shoes? I don't know. Where did you leave them? I don't know. Ah! (laughs) You get into the car, and, of course, it's early morning, and it's cold, and the car won't start, and it's... Finally, you get on the road... And it's not very long before somebody needs the toilet. Why didn't you go before we left? Well, I didn't need to then. So you pull in, you're at the service station, you go to the toilet carrying on a bit. A few miles down the road, somebody throws up because that has to happen on a car journey. You're just getting a little bit frustrated with all these delays. You just want to get to where you're going, so you clean all that up. And then a few more miles down the road, I need the toilet. Why didn't you go when he went? Well, I didn't need to then. And in all of the frustration and the confusion... Whoever's navigating makes a mistake and you end up wandering around these little windy country lanes for a couple of hours. And then you get there, you're finally on the main road, you think the end's in sight and you get a flat tire. And you're like, well, this is just great, isn't it? You're waiting, you just, you just want to get there. You just want to get to the place that you've been looking forward to. And there's just been so many delays along the way and you're just tired of waiting. But you've still got some hope. And so at the end of this legacy of waiting, waiting to see God's promises fulfilled, we see Simeon. And he's been waiting his whole life. Every day, waking up, Lord, is it going to be today? Maybe it will be tomorrow. And then finally, one day, after all that time, the waiting is over, and they're ready. Because Jesus is here. And you can see there's excitement at this time. And you understand now why it's so exciting. Because this is the fulfillment of thousands of years of God's promises. And so, of course, the angels are going to be jumping out in the fields, surprising shepherds and singing their praises to God. They can't keep it within themselves. And you see, John the Baptist is so excited, he doesn't even wait to be born to celebrate. He's jumping for joy in his mother's womb. Wise men come from far off lands to see what all the fuss is about. And the Holy Spirit moves Simeon, who has been waiting his whole life for this, and he says, it's today, go to the temple. And he doesn't wait a moment. He rushes to the temple. He's looking around. Is it that young, strong warrior over there? Is it that wise old man who carries with him the years of experience? And he sees a young couple walk in with their eight-month-old firstborn baby, eight-month or eight-day-old firstborn baby, And he knows that it's him. And he goes to him, and the Holy Spirit comes on him, and he prophesies I have seen your salvation, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Because this is who Jesus is. He's not just a baby. Who was born in a far-off land he's not just a teacher who spoke some wise words he is the fulfillment of thousands of years of god's promises and prophecies he is the key feature in god's great plan and he went on to go above and beyond all the expectations that the israelites had for him they were waiting for somebody who had come and set them free from the oppressors who were ruling over them so Jesus set them free from the chains of sin and death, defeating the ultimate enemy. They were waiting for someone who would reign on David's throne. Jesus brought a heavenly kingdom to earth. And they were waiting for somebody who would bless all nations on earth, every person. And so Jesus brought the opportunity of salvation for everyone, not only God's chosen people, the Israelites, but for all people on this world. He was worth waiting for. And so as we're looking forward to Christmas, we've been asking today, are you ready? Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to give? Are you ready to see what God is going to do? And some of us have known God our whole lives. And you might think, well... What do I have to wait for? I've already found him. I've already seen him. Whether you've known him for a few months or for your whole life, I want to remind you that Isaiah says his is a kingdom that will increase without end. And there is no end to what God wants to be doing in your life. And we've already heard this morning some of the promises that God has for us, some of the good things that he wants to give us comfort and joy. Reconciliation between brokenness and hurt families. Hope. Innocence and holiness. An assurance that you are clean, you are free, you are righteous in His sight, and He loves you. Chains broken, good news declared. And even though you already know him, there may well be some of this that is still stirring within you, that the Lord still wants to meet you and do more. So this Christmas time, are you ready to experience more of what God has in store for you? And maybe there's some of you here who are still waiting. Maybe you feel a bit like the Israelites on this car journey, but there's been a lot of road bumps and closed off roads and diversions and frustrations along the way. And along the way, you've seen a few little glimpses, a few little hints, a little promises of what lies in store. You're not even totally sure what it is that you're waiting for, but you know there's something inside you that is burning with desire, that is yearning for something more. There's an invitation this Christmas time to meet the man that the angels sing about that prophets foretold, the man that came into this world for us and died for us because he loves us. Are you ready to meet him?